the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. It's Luca Wednesday. He's inside cranking out some homework and studying for a test. Um, there was some happy stuff that happened today, some sad stuff that happened today, some legally interesting stuff that happened today. We're going to do health and wellness. It is a fired up Wednesday night here in New York City at 6 p.m. Um, I wasn't in the office that much. I started off uh, getting here this morning with a quick meeting um, with my friend Frank from Staten Island and uh my friend Nick and Nick is um, trying to do a program to help um, veterans who very sadly are committing suicide in extraordinary numbers. And that is an issue that definitely needs to be addressed. And my friend Nick is working on that and we're going to work on it with him together. I'm going to put him on the show and he's going to tell you the efforts that he is making to address that. I then had to leave the office and go to the storied St. Patrick's Cathedral which was beautiful, and it was rather full. I'm not going to exaggerate and say it was packed. I've been there when it's packed, like on Good Friday and Easter Sunday and other big days, but it was it was very, very full. Um, and it was the memorial mass for Bernard McGurk, who um, was – I knew him as a, just a real good guy. Most people knew him uh, on the uh, from the Imus in the Morning program and then the Bertie and Sid show. Um a lot of times when people die, others exaggerate their relationships with them and their closeness with them. Um, I really try very hard not to do those things. And sometimes it's not that easy. You get caught up in a moment. Um, so Bernard was and I were not besties or anything like that. I was in communication with him via text um, up until I think it was two weeks before he passed away. Um, he, uh, he, he was a good guy. He was a very smart man, very knowledgeable man. Um, a little earlier, Diana Fabi Sampson, who's one of my partners here, who I'm, we're going to say hello to in a second. Um, she, you know, she dropped some quote on me. What quote did you say about the Scribner? Who was the, the Scribner? Bartleby Get the closer Scribner. to the microphone. Bartleby the Scribner. Right. Now, I don't know who Bartleby the Scribner is. I, maybe Frank from Staten Island knows. But that's something Bernard would, McGurk would definitely know. And here's why I grew so fond of, of Bernard McGurk on a personal level. Because during my time on the Fox News Channel, 
Um, it was a big deal on the Fox Business Channel. Even though that sh- that channel wasn't doing real well in the beginning, it was doing okay in the, in the morning hour because Imus was there. And it was a big deal to get on the Imus. In the, it was a big deal for anyone to get on the Imus uh, in the morning program. It was WBC Radio, but it was on television as well. And, look, he had a reputation, Imus, of being – he could take you down pretty fast and pretty hard. Uh, I think O'Reilly mentioned something about it today that that, that had happened to him. And McGurk stood up for O'Reilly. It was a segment O'Reilly was not on. And Imus went after him. And on the air, Bernard stood up for him. I I had a little bit of a different situation. I would just look at Bernie because I would know him from the Fox. I knew Bernie from the Fox News channel because he would pop on and off different channels, different shows. So I would just chat with him in the hallway. And he was just a really nice guy. So when I would walk in and do Imus, I'd kind of just catch Bernard's eye. And he would kind of give me with his eyes, like, you're cool, like he's in a good mood, or, you know, be buyer beware, so to speak. Um, Imus actually always treated me well. I never had a bad experience with him. But Bernie was there to kind of cover you. And, and the, the uh, overall theme today was that Bernard McGurk was really a radio legend. And here I am, a, a rookie in this world of radio, um, and to see the radio community. There were so many people there. Um, from the world of radio, my I was really happy to see Steve Summers there from WFAM. He was the basically late night guy who is no longer there, um, and um, he he's much older than I thought he he was. But I got a chance to chat with him and tell him I miss him and and his voice and his knowledge. Uh, but so I was I left there, and I, you know look. It's sad because Bernie was too young and he died of prostate cancer and that was something that was clearly preventable. Um, But he was definitely suffering and his daughter spoke very beautifully. But it was time for him to move on. Things were not good for Bernard McGurk. And God willing, he's overseeing everybody and he's going to see his grandchild be born, his first grandchild be born in February. I left there and went to a happy occasion. I got my father together with his law school classmate, um, Lenny Boxer, Lenny Boxer, and my father went to NYU together. My father was one of only two Italians in this class, class of 1963. They used to call him Izzy Adela as opposed to Louis Idala. And, uh, it, uh, Lenny Boxer, who I call uncle Lenny, his son, Michael, who has done very well in the world of real estate. Um, we went to poly prep together, so we know each other and it took a little while, but I got them together and to see two guys in their mid eighties sitting there and comparing notes on getting older and what life is life. We had a beautiful, beautiful two hour, um, lunch. And then I scoot back up here. I met with two federal clients, um, potential, I should say federal clients. And that's a little uh, overwhelming because they're people who are terrified of what's about to happen to them. The both Southern district of New York serious cases. And then um, I saw my friend, who happens to be my law partner, Diana Fabi Sampson, sitting in her office. It's the first time I saw you, I think, since, I don't know, last Wednesday or something along those lines, Diana. And why don't you tell us what you were working on when I passed by? Do we need to speak about Wait, it? Could you get close to the mic? Do, do you we, not? Do we need to speak about it? Tell her what you're trying to wrap. Well, which specific one were you working on? I'm working on um, the Harvey Weinstein appeal um, that is due in the Court of Appeals in December. And the Court of Appeals, people should know, is the highest court of the state of New York. But here's, and we're not going to dwell on it. I know we can't dwell on it, but and I know Diana doesn't want me to dwell on it. But while I was in the office kind of catching up with Diane, Diana, I got a phone call from the, the New York Law Journal. And they said it has come to their attention that the trial judge on the Harvey Weinstein case, who serves at the pleasure of the mayor, um, is not going to be reappointed. 
Um, and that is a very rare thing. Uh, and it's the lead story of the Law Journal. And um, just to give us some legal background, Diana, is something like that that's not in the actual record of the trial, is that something that uh, automatically can be included into an appeal? Um, no. I think we have an argument that it is a matter of public record. The reality is we are going to be disputing the, the validity of a lot of his rulings. And the reality is that the Court of Appeals judges are going to be well aware that he did not get reappointed. So I'm not sure that it matters whether we actually point it out in the brief. Um, and I'm not sure that we can. I, I mean, I don't think it would be an egregious lapse. No, if I don't. Did. I don't. I don't think so either. Um, Diana, what else have you been working on? Without um, mentioning names, remember, there's millions of people yeah, listening. Yeah, you don't have to remind me of that. Um, I don't? No. Because there's other things I have to remind I you of, like to work. Ever, I don't ever talk about my clients' cases. Oh, um, okay. Well, you can but, now. But generally, just, you know, we have some bit – I have um, some probate matters in Connecticut. I have some business litigation clients, um, some Title IX plaintiffs. Tell people what Title IX um, is. So we have some cases here in the office involving – young men who have really um, been mistreated by the lax rules in colleges for how they, uh, you know, investigate and adjudicate claims of misconduct. And they so come have... to us after they've, you know, they've, they've had, they've been mistreated in the, you know, in ways that are just, you know, you know, basically these kind of cases should be handled in a court of law, but these fiefdoms of universities have decided that they can handle them themselves and they don't do a very good job. And then these young, these usually they're young men come to us and we take their cases to federal court. So basically it's like young men who get accused of abusing women, they, uh, other students, they get thrown out of school for basically because, they, oh yeah, we think it happened. And then it turns out an investigation finds that it didn't happen. And now their lives are ruined on, on several levels. The reason why I brought Diana on the microphone is, this is like I've spent 10 minutes with her in, in six days. And this was like a time for us to bond okay. with you know, this is our <laughs> intimate time. You know, radio is an intimate medium. So is there anything we needed to talk about while you're here? I don't think so. Can't think of anything. I'm having Dr. Lauren. Share with I'm having Dr. Lauren Hain, Lawrence Haynes on my brother-in-law to talk about some medical stuff. One of the things I want to talk to him about is to flu shot or not to flu shot. Where does Diana Fabi Sampson, wife, mother of four, daughter, where does you stand on the flu shot or no flu shot? I mean, I have to admit, I have, I'm 60. I've never had a flu shot. Whoa, there we go. You're 60? But I have a very robust immune system. You have a robust immune system. I do. Did you ever get COVID? I mean, I did. You're violating HIPAA I did. laws. Now. I had COVID. And Were you it wasn't sick? So bad for me. No. Um, no, it was like um, you know, I was down. I was under the weather for a couple days. A few All days. right. We're gonna talk to Dr. Lawrence Haynes coming up. We have Joni here. We have Luca Wednesday. Thank you for stopping by, Diana Fabi Sampson. You could go back Thanks and work real hard. Um, and I owe Sam Bellino an apology. Well, I'll get back to that maybe sometime later in the show. Well, you heard Diana say she's working on some probate matters in the um, the state of Connecticut. We do do work in the state of Connecticut. Probate means you go to court after someone dies to figure out what to do with their estate. But if you go to Connors and Sullivan, 
and uh, you do it the right way, um, you, you, you can avoid probate altogether. And when somebody passes away, everything is in order so that it passes without it going to court. Um, how do you figure out this stuff regarding wills and trusts and power of attorneys and healthcare proxies? Well, there's two ways you could do it. Right now, tonight at 7 o'clock at the Greenhouse Cafe in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. If you listen to this show in Bay Ridge, which today actually at Bernard McGurk's funeral, many people came over to me and told me they do listen to this show every night at 6 o'clock. Um, at 7 o'clock, you could go to the Greenhouse Cafe and you could hear Michael Connors explain the ins and outs of estate planning. If not tomorrow, Thursday, October 27th, you could go to Bocelli's on Staten Island at 11 a.m. and 3 p.m. Um, and if you can't make it tonight or tomorrow, you could just call Connors and Sullivan and you will get a free office appointment at 718-238-6500. 718-238-6500. You can set up your own appointment with Mike Connors because, as Mike Connors always says, the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. So, um, you know, I love talking about Italians, Italian-Americans. If you haven't noticed, you know, Diana Fabi, Samson, the Fabi begins ends in an I. Even Imran Ansari, you know, ends in an I. I'm a vowel kind of guy. Um, well, the folks at uh, J.A. Facciabene, they are a very proud local Italian-American-owned business. For over 35 years, the Facciabene family has been providing insurance advice to businesses and individuals in the New York, New Jersey area. Their consultative approach has endeared their clients to them, evidenced by continued renewals of their policies year after year. J.A. Facciabene Insurance Associates' personal insurance team can design a bundled insurance program to cover your home, auto, and valuable items. This approach can save you over 15% on your premiums. Their business team will become your trusted advisor. They will help you build the insurance program that's right for your business. J.A. Fachabene Insurance Associates believes you should never be surprised at a time of loss and all claims should be settled quickly and fairly. If you're looking for an insurance advocate to be your voice, Joe Facciabeni, you could call Joe Facciabeni directly today at 800-937-5515, 1-800-937-5515. And the Facciabeni family has asked me to thank our family here at AM 970 for their support of the Italian American Heritage Month that we are in the middle of celebrating and supporting the Columbus Citizens Foundation. Never know how much I love you Never know how much I care When you put your arms around me I get a fever that's so hard to bear You give me fever 
Well, I don't want to get any fever. When you kiss me, fever. Sam Molina, are you getting any fevers? Sometimes. I mean, I've had COVID twice. Is getting a fever on your bucket list? Uh, I wouldn't say it's on my bucket list, no. (laughs) Well, you know, there's this word, this this term that's getting thrown out there, the triple-demic. You know, I think since COVID, we are, we're all into, don't forget, it started as the coronavirus, and then it went to the COVID-19, then we heard epidemic, we had pandemic. So we need, like, all these phrases now, these catchphrases. The triple-demic, COVID, flu, RSV. CDC data shows rising cases, and, and then I guess it's flu cases, are surging earlier than usual. So we just heard Diana proudly proclaim that she she divulged her age, which I would never do uh, on her behalf, but she volunteered, uh, and that she's never gotten a flu shot in her life. I will tell you, I never got a flu shot until uh, Marianne, my wife, lured me into our pediatrician's office, literally like, I think it was the week of uh, my first son uh, with Marianne, Arthur was being about to be born. And stabbed me in the arm and gave me the flu shot because she said, you know, if you're going to have an infant around, you you can't get the flu and then give it to your child. So Dr. Lawrence Haynes, my brother-in-law, who's a uh, legitimate, hard-hitting ER doctor who sadly lived through the roughest of times in March, April, May, and into June of 2020 at Maimonides Hospital. Dr. Haynes, how are you, my friend? Arthur Idala, I'm great. How are you doing? I really should. I really should say, how are you, my brother? Lawrence and I. Yeah. We're in a whole union thing. It's a whole outlaws in laws. Union strong, baby. Union strong. Union strong. So, <laughs> uh, so Uncle Lolo, what's the story with the triple demic? Triple demic. You know that phrase is going to sell a lot of papers, probably. Exactly. You're monitoring. <laughs> exactly. Well, you know, the problem is we know too much now. Like COVID has really heightened our 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 sense of what's uh what's out there we're, we're able to test for all these viruses now and we're just we're just hyper aware of what's going on um this used to happen probably pretty commonly in the past but we just weren't that aware and weren't that you know we didn't have a pulse on the on the waves of viruses coming through um so so readily and uh, I, I think there was a lot less knowledge and so ignorance was bliss in some sense so where are we right now with COVID in general here in the, the metropolitan area? Uh, COVID is still around. It's a, it's a low rumble among us. Um, it's, uh, it's actually start, starting to come up in Europe, which is sort of a bad sign because, uh, you know, what happens in Italy and England seems to, and UK seems to come over here to New York. Um, and they're seeing rises in new variants over there. So they're, the experts are thinking that COVID is going to come here uh, this winter. But, and it already seems to be picking up a little bit. But we just don't know how high and how bad it's going to be and the, the levels it's going to be and the, the danger that it's going to pose. Uh, that's still a mystery. But and where are we now with the flu? Well, let me just finish. In, in, in England, in, UK, in the U.K. and Italy, it doesn't seem like it's causing that much death because of all the prior immunity everybody has and the vaccinations that are happening. And also, and is it a, a Darwinian thing that, you know, the people who were the weakest probably suffered in the most and left us during the first wave of the, the OG COVID? Yeah, that's true. And the people that um, were able to develop immunity survived and uh, we're, we're here to, to see another day. 
Uh, you're asking about the flu. So we, what we do is we look to Australia and New Zealand for what's, what's happening with the flu because they get the flu during our summer. And the flu that they have comes east to us. And so we, we look at the flu strains that are happening there. And unfortunately, they had a really bad flu season in the Southern Hemisphere uh, this our summer, their winter. So the experts are predicting that the flu is going to be pretty bad for us as well. Um, so we have that to look forward to. But fortunately, the flu shot that uh, is available right now seems to be pretty effective against the flu. Um, what they do is they try to predict the strains that are coming to us, and they model the flu shot after the strains that, that are their predictions, and it seems like they got it right. So um, go out and get your flu shot if you haven't already, especially so if you're vulnerable. If you're o- over 65 or you're young or you're immunocompromised, you should definitely get the flu shot. So Diana, who was just on the air with us, my partner, um, Diana Fabi Sampson, she just, you know, um, bragged that she's 60 years old and she's never gotten the flu shot and she claims to have a robust immune system. So and and there are others, Lawrence, in our family who, um, you know, eschew the flu shot. So what do you what is a doctor, Dr. Lawrence Haynes, who's been in the emergency room, who's been a doctor um, long enough to <laughs> speak with authority. What do you have to say about the, the anti-flu vaxxers? Well, I just have to say the flu is no joke. It kills a lot of people every year, about, about 36,000 on average in this country, and can be up, up as high as fifty to 60,000 in a bad year. That's a lot of people that die every year from the flu. I mean, I, it's my opinion that I'm going to protect myself and I'm going to advise my loved ones to protect themselves as much as possible against getting severe illness and possibly death. So uh, especially in the old and vulnerable people, the immunocompromised, uh, I really recommend getting the flu shot. Uh, is there any downside to getting the flu shot? Like, because the, 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 I don't know if it's a myth or a fact, but you hear people say, oh, I got the flu shot and then I got sick. Well, you can get a little bit of a, a systemic immune response, so like some body aches, maybe a low-grade fever, um, some chills, but it doesn't cause the respiratory symptoms or the or the diarrhea, GI symptoms that the flu can cause. Um, so it does make you feel a little yucky for for a day, but it usually goes away within you know 24 hours. So what is it? Joan has it. Go ahead. Oh, I was also going to say that some years the flu shot is not a good prediction. The, the experts don't predict correctly. The flu strain that comes to us is very different than what the vaccine protects against. And then the flu shot is pretty ineffective. So it gets a bad rap because of that as well. But right now it's looking like this particular strain of flu and this particular vaccine seems to be on, on a good track that the vaccine will will help you uh, either prevent you from, is it also like the COVID vaccine where they're saying it, even if it doesn't stop you from getting COVID, it'll lessen your symptoms? That's absolutely true. Yeah. It, it pre- pre- prevents severe disease and, and death. Uh, if you, if you're, you know, immunized. Okay. And, and what's the, this and thing? The, and, the, Go ahead. and the flu like COVID changes all the time. So it's a, it's a wily beast that changes every year. So, um, you know, if you get the flu shot one year, you have to get it the next year. Also, you can't you can't uh, rely on that immunity from the previous year because it might be a different strain altogether. And Joan has RSV written down here, part of the triple demic flu, COVID, and RSV. What's RSV? Is that like a new like venereal disease or something? <laughs> 
RSV is a respiratory syncytial virus. It's a mouthful. That's why we just say RSV. And it's really a disease of the, that's dangerous to the very old and the very young. People like you and me that are in between, we, uh, it just is a common cold for us. But for little babies, it really causes a lot of inflammation in the airways in their lungs, and they get this wheezing, this bronchiolitis that causes wheezing and respiratory distress. And so it's put a lot of babies into the hospital, and uh, our pediatric hospitals are full right now with RSV, as well as um, two other viruses that you don't hear too much about, the rhinovirus and enterovirus. That's really going around as well. There are a lot of kids with those viruses. Is there any way pre- to prevent the RSVs from, you know, I mean, obviously I have a very young little child. So how do I c- keep her safe from RSVs? Is there an uh, immunization for that? There is not. They're working on it. I, I read that there are four candidates coming down the pike that are in testing phase. But it's been really hard to do the studies for, for, these, um, for the vaccine for RSV because you have to do it in little babies. And uh, the, the, the trials in little babies are really hard to do um, because of their incompetent immune systems. And parents don't really want to enroll their little babies in studies. No. Lawrence, real uh, quick before you have to go, Dr. Lawrence Haynes, yeah. is there any issues with getting the flu shot and the COVID, the COVID booster around the same time? You need to space them out or... I don't know of any issue with getting at the same time. I actually got one in one arm and one in the other arm this year, two weeks ago. And yeah, you got really big arms. <laughs> and I, I didn't feel too bad, actually. I felt worse before with the with the COVID vaccine. This the bivalent didn't affect me that badly. All right. Well, Dr. Lawrence Haynes, thank you so much for jumping on with us. Having a veteran emergency room doctor at our disposal, we are all very, very lucky to uh, be able to hear from you. So, have a good night, my brother. You too. Anytime, Arthur. It's a pleasure. See you soon. So let's talk about my friend Susan at Rhino Shield. Look, I am obviously, you guys know that I had my own property painted with Rhino Shield property. It's a little single family home. But whether you are a homeowner of a single family home, if you're on a condo board, if you're on a co-op board, if you own a multifamily unit, whatever it is that you're in charge of deciding how to protect it, not just make it look pretty, but protect it while you're making it look pretty, don't call a painter. At the very, very least, just call Susan at Rhino Shield and hear what she has to say. Let her explain to you what takes place. I saw it with my own eyes. I'm not reading from a script. I'm not doing anything that I didn't see or live with. You know, they come to your house. The first they tell you how it works, and then they tell you what your options are, and they show you all the different colors that you could use. And once you, you know, decide you're going forward and you know the colors, they come to your house, and the first thing they do is they, again, whether it's your house, your condo, your co-op, your multifamily unit, they scour the outside like they scrape it all the way down to whatever the appropriate level is um they literally were working on my house with a toothbrush or at least maybe it was a steel brush it was the size of a toothbrush that's the degree of detail we're talking about here and then they spray this ceramic coating um onto your house like with a big spray gun and they usually do it in a couple of days and it's clear that it protects your your building while 
you're beautifying your, your building and you're adding value because you're reducing wall maintenance work. It's insulating the house. It's soundproofing the house. It's great. Condominiums, apartment complex, multifamily homes, single-family homes, they could all benefit from Rhino Shield. So call to request your free quote by October 31st and receive a 20% discount. Call Susan at 877-744-6608. That's 877-744-6608. Or go to rhinoshieldofnewyork.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Coming up tonight, Radio Night Live, it's Wellness Night, and you don't want to miss this, the OG, Nicole Sapphire, back. And we are aiming at what is going on in the Fetterman uh, Senate race with his health. That's tonight at 7. Stay here. Want more? AM 970 The Answer? Go to am970theanswer.com to listen live. Tune in to podcasts from the shows you missed anytime you want. Learn more about our advertisers. Join the AM 970 Fan Club and sign up for events. am970theanswer.com. So when I was walking up Fifth Avenue today and I looked at Saks Fifth Avenue, the um, the Christmas decorations are already being put up on the building. So the holidays are here. It's not like they're coming. They're here. And if you're the person in charge, whether it's for your family or for work or for something else, of making the big plans, like, okay, we're going to have this big party, why not make it a truly memorable night? Something that's going to be special that you're going to think of year after year. And book the Atlantis yacht with New York Cruises. Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff go above and beyond with every detail. The food, the drinks, the service. Whether you've been put in charge of, of whatever. If you Again, here we, we have an office party. Uh, maybe it's a New Year's Eve gig. Think about New Year's Eve. Look at the fireworks on the Atlantis. No place better. You go in front of the Statue of Liberty. Fireworks should be hysterically crying. Um the Atlantis of New York Cruises is the perfect venue for corporate events, weddings, engagement and anniversary parties, reunions, retirement parties, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, you name it. So how do you find out about it? Two ways. Either call 212-633-1231, 212-633-1231, or I would recommend going online and visiting newyorkcruises.com. You could look at their, their ships, you could look at the gallery of all the photos, and you'll really be informed and, I think, persuaded to book your next big event on the Atlantis. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. So I had a wonderful dinner last night. Um, with people who I have an enormous amount of respect for, each and every person who I was dining with, and I learned from um, for, first and foremost, because it was sort of a kind of a spontaneous um, invite, was Geraldo Rivera, and he is just—I know you guys hear me gush about him all the time, and you got to hear a whole show with him on it, but he 
he ceases to amaze um, regarding his generosity of spirit and um, advice and great life advice and, and career advice, et cetera, et cetera. But I also um, spent some time with a woman named Katie Rossman. Um, she wrote a great profile on this lawyer in New York City in July. And uh, there was other people there from the uh, Mayor Adams administration, um, as well as one of my friends who's a uh, former federal agent. And, you know, having that kind of, you know, you guys, Matt Borzy calls me the quintessential New Yorker. I was surrounded by quintessential New Yorkers from every walk of life, really. And it was um, it was so educational to me. Look, the people from the mayor's office have making making it very clear, you know, everyone is screaming and yelling about crime and then everyone screams and yells about bail reform. They don't really have any control over the whole bail reform situation. Uh what who does have control of the bail reform situation is the the legislature and the governor. And I will tell you, if you look at how much money Governor Hochul raised right after she was appointed, so like a year and two months ago, three months ago, um, it was staggering numbers uh, that she raised uh, compared to um, Congressman Zeldin. And um, to be clear, Congressman Zeldin has been on this show several times. We've called Governor Hochul several times, and she has not been on this show. But I don't know. Maybe we, we move the needle because this race allegedly is uh, is much closer than anyone I think anticipated nearly a month ago. Uh, I don't, I think the stories of, about crime and crime and crime, and then it relates to bail and bail and bail. And I think people are wrapping their brain around the fact that the bail issue is not an Eric Adams issue. Um, the bail issue is a governor's issue and a state legislature's issue. Let's face it, it was embarrassing, in my opinion, for the mayor, because soon after his inauguration, he went up there with his swagger to try to, um, when I say went up there, went to Albany with his swagger and tried to um, sway them, use his, you know, newfound political juice, right? He just won the mayoralty uh, with some big numbers and seemed like having a lot of popularity. And there he is on his honeymoon and he went up to Albany and he didn't move the dial at all. Uh, now, Governor Hochul, she said in the debate last night, well, I held up the budget nine days to have some common sense changes made to bail reform. I don't think it was enough, uh, enough of a substantively and from a public relations point of view, I don't think it was enough. So that is going to be an interesting race uh, less than two weeks away. Um, I will tell you that, you know, I was at when I was at lunch today with my my dad's friend, who's a very, very, very famous uh, uh, in in the world of real estate attorney um, and his son. You know, they were asking me, they're like, is crime as bad as everyone is saying or is it being reported so heavily to sell newspapers or to sway elections? Um, You know, it's interesting because. Dr. Lawrence Haynes just said with this triple-demic thing that we were just talking about, he goes, well, that's going to sell a lot of of papers. It's like a fear-monger thing. And is that what's going on? I got to be honest with you. There's definitely a homeless problem. There's definitely a mental illness problem, not only in New York City. 
if you guys just read the papers and go outside of the five boroughs, it's going on in many, many places in the United States of America. Maybe not Montana or Wyoming, but uh, in the major cities, they're all struggling. I don't think, including Miami, Florida, 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 Florida. Okay, yeah, it's a great place to go on vacation for four or five days. Um, I may partake in that myself. But um, look, suspect, I'm reading some headlines. Suspect nabbed in fatal shooting of 17-year-old girl at Brooklyn House Party. Well, that's good news, at least that they got the... the um, the, the individual woman 95 dies after wild fight with fellow resident at Staten Island nursing home <laughs> death deemed a homicide. Now that's going to go down as a homicide. And you got two people who were in their nineties. I don't even know what you call after an octogenarian with the kind of got to be some sort of noctogenarian. Um, you know, that's going to go down as a, as a homicide. Um, you know, the other th- things that get highlighted in the news, like this poor guy whose coat or something got caught in the subway doors and he got dragged to his death. He was a Metropolitan Opera stagehand. Um, I mean, the family is beside themselves, understandably so. Um, you, you know, someone uh, reported, I don't know, one of these magazines that Albany is one of the best cities to live in, like number 21 in the United States of America. Well, Without, and like the number one city in New York State. I have a cousin, Greg Idala, um, who I have known about for quite some time, but I never met until yesterday. Guess where he lives? Albany. And he said, whoever said Albany is one of the greatest cities to live is out of their mind. He's like, crime is through the roof in Albany. Uh, the legislature is all mixed up. The local legislature is all mixed up in Albany. It's just... It is not, and he and his family have been there for decades. And he said, you know, they just don't care. Nobody's working on the problems of crime, the problem of homelessness, the problems of mental illness. Um, so this is like, look, this is not a New York City only issue. Now, I know we live in New York City, so that's all we care about. I can tell you the people from the mayor's committee who I met with last night said that, you know, the summit that they had, they thought it was it was productive. There were times when it wasn't productive. Um, they did their best they could. You know, there's, there's a lot of egos in that room. When you have all the DAs and the special prosecutor from narcotics, and then you have the head of all the criminal justice, uh, you know, the, I'm sorry, the criminal defense, the uh, like the Legal Aid Society and the New York Defender Services and Brooklyn Defender Services, there's a lot of ego in that room. So to keep them all under control is not the easiest thing. And, and um, I mean, they, uh, the prosecutors obviously and, and the mayor and, and law enforcement, they want dangerousness to be a um, something that a, a judge can take into account when setting bail. Um, so even if the judge is assured that that individual is going to come back to court, he or she can say, you know, if they're too dangerous, I'm not letting them back. I'm not letting them out. Now, in federal court, a judge can do that. That often happens in organized crime cases. They say, listen, this guy, I don't know what he's going to do if I let him out, killing witnesses, et cetera. So we're going to keep him locked up. Um, but it was, that was never the case in New York State, that a judge in a state court case, like a murder, can, can take dangerousness into account. And obviously a judge in their own mind can take whatever they want into account. But a prosecutor can't argue that, oh, this person is dangerous. What I learned last night, apparently, is New York State is the only state that does not allow a judge to take dangerousness into account when setting bail. And if that's the case, 
well, then maybe it's time to allow judges to put on the record, I think this person is a danger to society, and I'm going to hold them in on bail until they uh, until their case is ready to be heard or a disposition is reached. Lots of stuff going on in here in New York City on a Wednesday night. Don't go anywhere. So, obviously, meeting my cousin for the first time yesterday, he's a little younger than I am, um, was very cool. I spoke to his, I, I spoke, oh, Joan goes, he had nice hair. Yes, he did have nice hair. He was physically fit also. I spoke to his father, who's right around my dad's age, John Idala. Uh, they have a quail auto group up in um, in Albany, and that was, it was just special, you know, doing the little Italian bonding. And I started speaking to him about the Columbus Citizens Foundation because I have in my office here where we met, I have the framed Columbus Day Parade poster when Justice Scalia was the Grand Marshal autographed to me. And so I was telling him about the Columbus Citizens Foundation. Um, and, you know, that basically the foundation does many things, especially promoting a positive image of Italian-Americans, but they raise money for students, Italian-American students, who have the academic ability to um, progress and do well, but they they need some financial help. So the program's been around for, for decades. It has helped generations of students. But, you know, I told them on the radio show, I always talk about the Columbus Citizens Foundation and say, you know, people should contribute a little bit of money, not a lot, unless you want to contribute a lot, just to help the Columbus Citizens Foundation help with some of these scholarships. You can go to www.columbuscitizens.org, www.columbuscitizens.org. Um, and on that website, you learn so much about the Italian-American plight, etc. But you can learn also more about the scholarships offered by the foundation. Um, as we know, the Columbus Citizens Foundation also brings us the Columbus Day Parade every year, and that makes us all proud when you get a moment folks visit their site www.columbuscitizens.org that's www.columbuscitizens.org freehold mitsubishi in freehold township new jersey is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the arthur idala power hour driving ambition for 40 years in the united states mitsubishi motors sees the automotive industry differently mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 mitsubishi outlander now in stock in all trim levels and all with the flexibility of third row seating visit freehold mitsubishi today freeholdmitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2 the new Google Pixel 7 Pro is super, especially when it's on Verizon, the network America relies on. It's supercharged, super powered, and a super... Uh, deal. You know it. Now, switch to Verizon and get the Google Pixel 7 Pro on us with select trade-ins and select 5G unlimited plans. That really is super. Yep. There's never been a better time to switch to Verizon. $899.99 device payment purchase with new smartphone line on select 5G unlimited plans required. $200 Verizon e-gift card with ported. Less $700 trade-in slash promo credit applied over 36 months. 0% APR. Trade-in conditions and additional terms apply. Craving that signature Sunday sauce? Michaels of Brooklyn will make your place a must. Join Michaels of Brooklyn Sauce of the Month Club. Receive a different jar of Michaels of Brooklyn pasta sauce, homemade pasta and biscotti each month for six months. Make your home the place to be with Michaels of Brooklyn signature fresh marinara right in your home. Visit michaelsofbrooklyn.com and order online. That's michaelsofbrooklyn.com. Michaels of Brooklyn, serving the community since 1964. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. 
in 2004. October 26, 2004. Almost 20 years ago. Apple launched the U2 Special Edition iPod. Not iPhone, not iPad, iPod. As part of a partnership between Apple U2 and Universal Music Group. The new U2 iPod held up to 5,000 songs. Ready for this? It featured a red click wheel and custom engraving of U2's band members' signatures. The iPod was deemed, was, was being introduced as the band released their new album, How to Dismantle an Atomic Bomb. Um, do you remember the click wheel, Sam Bellino? I do. I had one. It was great. So, yeah, first it was like just you would press buttons, and then that was the very, very first iPod, I think. It was just yes, like an up, it was down, just a left, giant right. wheel, yeah. And then this was the click wheel, and wow. Um, and you know whose birthday it is today? Your your favorite politician, Sam Bellino. Ooh, can't wait. Hillary to Clinton. This one. Oh Hillary yeah, Clinton. she's definitely up there on my favorites. Yeah. Seventy five years old. Seventy five. Well, happy Sedan birthday. Um, staying with the world of music, Natalie Merchant. She was the lead singer of Ten Thousand Maniacs. Thank you. Love, 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 love. Um, Ten Thousand Maniacs. I saw them um, in Central Park. Uh, they played a, a show there, and they were great. They were really, really, I mean, I really, really enjoyed them. She sings that one song with Michael Stipe from uh, R.E.M. Uh, so I got to do a little, like, fixing up the house here of uh, the Author Idola Power Hour. Uh, I got a little, like, I got a little text from Sam Bellino this morning. <laughs> uh, and I think there may have been a little miscommunication, so I want to clear the air because uh, I'm big with communication. Um Apparently, yesterday, I said something regarding the, the show on Tuesday, last Tuesday in Times Square. I said, you know, I wouldn't say it was on my bucket list, but it was, uh, you know, it was a very special kind of event. And now, I, I don't know, Sam Bellini, you think that was some sort of dig at you? Yeah, it was, because I, I put up a, a status. No, first, of all, no, first of all, no, it wasn't, because oh, okay. I don't even all know right. what we're talking about. <clears throat> but tell me why you thought you were offended, uh, or you were offended. You don't offended. know what we're talking about, okay. So go ahead, tell me what All was right. going on. I put up a, a, a post on my social media saying that broadcasting in Times Square was on my bucket list. And I figured you or someone from your team may have seen it. And that's why you made the comment last night. Sam Bellino, that's why you don't assume. Because right. you make an ass out of you and me. This is true. This is true. So, so I and- wake up, okay, and I I, I will tell my, my power, our family, <clears throat> um, Things have been a little stressful around the work environment. There's just a lot going on, and I have a lot on my plate. I, I may have overloaded my plate. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story here at the end of this show. <clears throat> when was I the president of the Columbia Lawyers? Like 2006, I think it was. So I think it was December of 2005. I went down to see Justice Scalia. And, uh, well, probably it was earlier. It was probably like this time of the year in 2005. I said, you know, Your Honor, I'm being sworn in as the president of the Colombian lawyers. I said, and it would be like an unbelievable honor if you came to New York and swore me in. And he just paused and he just looked at me. He goes, look, Arthur, Maureen told me I have to learn how to say no. He's like, I'm just overbooked. I'm overcommitted. He goes, I'm sorry. He goes, I'll write you a nice letter that you guys can read there, but I can't come from Washington to New York to to do it. 
And I felt horrible for the moment. It wasn't like I was devastated. But I was like, oh, son of a gun. Because, you know, we were tight. And, I'm, I mean, he, he did several other things for me after. Forget about it. He spoke at the National District Attorneys Association event uh, as a favor to me. And the Brooklyn DA, Joe Hines, was the DA and the, of, of my office. But he was also the president of the association. So Joe Hines strolls in with a United States Supreme Court justice on his arm to be the keynote speaker. Needless to say, that put me in pretty good standing in the DA's office. Um, so, um, <clears throat> yeah, it's been a little bit of a, like a little bit of a, just, I don't know, tense couple of weeks here. Uh, you know, the radio show is, takes up a chunk of time and being a lawyer takes up a chunk of time and then managing the law firm. You know, yesterday you heard Imran. Today you heard Diana. Like, you know, I was on, in, talking to Esposito before. Like, I kind of need to know what all these people are doing. Um, <clears throat> obviously, the most important thing I have is Marianne and Luca and Arthur and Ariana. So now this is my long-winded way of making <laughs> Sam Alito <laughs> feel bad. <laughs> so I, Thank you. I wake, I wake up this morning. And the first text I get, I, I, I don't even think, I think it was for maybe last night or something. Let me see if I can find and violate all the trust here. Let's see. Okay. I knew that bucket list item of broadcasting in Times Square was a shot at me. It's cool, though. Next bucket list in regards to broadcasting location is the Bahamas. Make it happen, big shot. Uh, I guess it wasn't as bad as they thought, but no, I don't ever. See, that's good. Matt, listen, Matt, I don't ever want to. I don't ever want to offend you. Oh, here she comes. Get the music ready. It drives me crazy. Go ahead, Sam. Arthur didn't even know he wanted to be a radio host. Mm, so how could being a broadcaster in the middle of Times Square be on his bucket list? Sam Bellino, uh, we love you. Good. And it would never uh, have been in slight of you. Oh, my well, love. thank you, thank you. It means a little more coming from You're Arthur, the best. but that's okay. <laughs> So it's in, actually on my bucket list, though. In, in, in a couple of big news items that I'm happy about, the FDNY's acting commissioner is to be appointed to the job permanently on Thursday, which is tomorrow. City Hall and the Fire Department sources told the Daily News. Laura Kavanaugh, who I've known for, I don't know, 15 years, 18 years, uh, she, actually at the Columbus Day Parade, she left the line and came over to the bandstand, the grandstand, and we chit-chatted for a little bit. Um, I'm so happy for her. Uh, she was the deputy commissioner under uh, the last commissioner who served so ably under um, Mayor de Blasio. I think he was the police commissioner all eight years. If I, you know, didn't, if I had a brain about me, I would remember his name. Oh, my God. The fire commissioner of New York, who was the fire commissioner, who's like a great Italian-American. Oh, is it on here? Hold on. Oh, Nigro. Thank you, Dan Nigro. I gave it to um, you. Okay, yes, yes, yes. Usually my friend Frank, like, texts me the answers to these things um, while he prepares for Jeopardy. He was the longest He was the longest, right? Yeah, he was, he was there a very long time, and he was very well-liked. Uh, and he was just a real sweetheart of a guy, Dan Nigro. And then when he stepped down, uh, the first deputy commissioner, Kavanaugh, she was there for four years. She she stayed on, and now you're almost a year into the Adams administration, and they're like, okay, I guess you know, she she should be the commissioner. She's going to be the first female uh, commissioner in the department's 157 year history. So I am very very um, happy for her, and I'm also happy to hear that Howard Stern, uh, who I had the opportunity to chat with a couple of times face to face this summer. Um, he is coming back to his Manhattan studios 
for the first time since COVID to host the boss. Bruce Springsteen is going to be uh, in the studio. Uh, I believe it's going to be this Monday. Uh, Stern, who's 68 years old, announced on the SiriusXM show today that the boss had persuaded him to come into Midtown for an interview. So Bruce is going to be playing um, tours uh, all over the world, literally all over the world. In uh, I believe it starts in April. I know he's playing MSG. I know he's playing the Barclays Center. I don't know if he's playing uh, the UBS Arena. But he's playing the, the smaller... Oh, the Prudential, the scheduled play, Madison Square Garden, Bar- Barclays, and Prudential Center. Now, those um, Bruce fans know he often plays the stadiums, you know, the huge, huge places. So this is like a much more intimate. This is, I don't know, if Madison Square Garden holds maybe 20,000 people for a concert versus the Meadowlands, which is, I don't know, 60,000 people. So Howard Stern and Bruce Springsteen together, those are two, two grass, 68-year-old and a 73-year-old. I guess I'm dating myself, but uh, those are two, two, two great guys. I um, I have some more work to do here, and then somehow or another I have to keep Luca entertained. But I'm very excited to um, have had a wonderful Wednesday on the Author Idola Power Hour with little Mike Sabello strolling in, Esposito's going through the closet looking for some food. We're planning steak night. Uh, Sabella's got a little DA's office reunion thing on Thursday night. We're going to do a little Halloween thing at the Friars Club tomorrow night. It's all good, man. Just, you know, stay nice and calm, nice and chill. Don't let Sam Bellino get you upset. Have a great, great Wednesday evening, everybody. I'll see you tomorrow. See you Thursday. Ciao. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs>